You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm bound for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. So, John, you did really well getting up and at such an ungodly hour and getting yourself on Zoom. It's great to have you, and we're just looking forward to hearing what you got to say. Um, you know Venus, and um, for those who are listening, this is Mark Dana. And we're just going to ask you, John, uh, if you just kind of share with us how you came to really be on a journey to uh, knowing God. Okay. Uh, there was, uh, like, I used to be a, a bad alcoholic. Uh, I started drinking when I was about 15 years old. And I, uh, it got real bad when I lost my best friend and my brother in August of 1977. They died of carbon and monoxide poisoning. Uh, mm. Yeah, and they got, they got gassed in a car uh, along with my brother's girlfriend. Wow. Yeah, so after that, I didn't care uh, too much about uh, uh, living, so I... Uh, Decided to die slowly by just uh, drinking uh, my life away. So, so essentially, I just drank until I dropped with no real purpose. No real purpose in life. I, I turned to the box for comfort, and that's what I. And uh, you know, I, I didn't. I really didn't care to live. I, as a matter of fact, I had a plan to uh, commit suicide, and uh, I was going to. Uh, I got drunk, I bought another bottle of whiskey, drove out into the country. I was going to park in the tall grass and drink that glass bottle and die uh, the way my brother died. But then I thought of my uh, mom and I thought uh, that I wasn't going to use my freedom to take away my freedom. And uh, by God's grace, uh, God had other plans for my life, so uh, that's when I uh, I uh, just fell asleep. I, I didn't go on, but a few know that. A few know that I had that plan of suicide, but, but I did have it. A uh, few people, uh, there's a few people that I told about it, but, uh, but that was uh, something that I came really close to doing, too. I really did. You were like and 15, 16? Yeah. I was 17 years old. And your home community, where's your home community, John? Fort St. John, B.C. So, so you're originally from B.C.? I am from B.C., but my band 
in the Big Stone Cree Band in Wapaka, Alberta, but we never lived a day there. I've, I've never lived a day there. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, my dad moved over here for work. He was a father. So work has been a real important part of your life too now. But anyway, I won't get a, I won't get ahead of you. You can continue on your sharing what the next uh, leg of the journey. Yeah, I started working at 15 years old. Uh, uh, my dad gave me the choice, uh, work or uh, I'll go to school. And uh, uh, we didn't grow up uh, really uh, like uh, rich. So I decided to work. Eh? It was the worst choice I ever made in my life, really. I, if I had the chance to do it again, I would uh, go to school. Okay. So wow. I, yeah, so I started uh, going uh, working at sixteen, and then uh, and then uh, I transferred to the Taylor Sawmill, and that's where I met a a, a good uh, Mennonite friend. His name was Gordon Newfeld. He's the one that. Uh, uh, well, there there was a lot of fine people that worked at the Sawmill that I talked to. There was something about him that was different, and I found out later he was a Christian. And then God maneuvered a situation where I got to spend time with him. Uh, at coffee breaks and at lunchtime, he would spell me off. So we'd end up talking after I came back after lunch and, and, and uh, coffee break. And that's how I really got introduced to Jesus. So were you asking a bunch of questions or just in, just listened or how'd that work? Well, my friends, I, I can tell you that uh, toward the end of our discussions, he was going through a divorce, and even then, uh, a painful divorce. And even then, he shared Christ with me, and, and he was always patient with me, and we always talked, we laughed, and we become really good friends, great friends, as a matter of fact, until, yep. he, yeah, until he got taken away in 19, I, think, I believe it was 1994. He got uh, he got murdered. Mm. Yeah, he got murdered, and uh, he, he wasn't afraid because two months prior to that, somebody tried to burn his trailer up, and he got up and he put the fire out with snow. But but he never was scared. He never said to me, "Hey, I'm scared. Somebody's trying to kill me." No, he went on his merry way. Mm. Wow. Oh, it's just amazing how God sends people in your life to uh, set you on the road to salvation like uh, signs on a road. He sends you to certain people and he sent me to others after that. So your um, your desire to to die, that changed when you decided to uh, give God first place? Well, too, uh, Mark, when I started this Christianity at the mill, I can clearly tell you after I accepted Jesus because of Brenda Boylo earlier, but but to be honest, that family didn't have too much of an impact on me. But the greatest thing with that family is Brenda Boylo. Boylo told me to uh, go home and accept Jesus Christ, so I did. That 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 was the beginning, really. That was the beginning. Yeah. The minute I Jesus Christ, that was the beginning. And then I met Gordon at work after that. But I but I've never said this publicly, but I but I thank God for Brenda Boyle. She's the one that told me, Why don't you go home and accept uh, see I, I dated a girl and this family adopted her and this was a Christian family. Okay. Yeah, that's how I got connected. But they never had too great influence. What I mean by that is they never really uh, encouraged, like not encouraged but uh 
they never really had a huge influence on my Christianity, uh, other than accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I just mean that uh, uh, it was Gordon that really uh, sat down, was patient, and uh, and brought the light of Jesus to me more more purely. Well, I didn't spend too much time out at uh, Brenda's farm. Uh, I was, I'll be honest, I was thinking more fleshly than I was godly. I was more interested in the daughter than I was interested in God. Okay. So that, That's pretty normal for someone your age, I suppose. Yep. But it was, and, and at the mill, uh, when I accepted Jesus, I was walking to my shack, and this is what I said. I looked up to the heavens and I said, Jesus, I'm going to try you. I'm going to try you. And if I fail, at least I can have the comfort that you will reign forever and love will reign forever. And when I said that, I was crying. And wow. the Jesus, I'm going to try. Yeah, Jesus, I'm going to try you out. He really never let go of me. And, and then I slowly started reading the Bible. And then uh, I had two friends that I uh, corresponded with, but they were really worldly. And their language was not great. And, and the one guy started selling me off the coffee break, and then uh, I would hide my Bible. I, I, I had little videos, and I would hide it whenever it came around. And then finally, <laughs> I, I said to myself, my goodness, Jesus should be ashamed of you, and you're ashamed of Jesus? <laughs> so I, so I bought it the Bible. I said, I don't care who who's, uh, who laughed at me or whoever, you know, I'm going to bring out uh, the Bible, and I'm going to start uh, reading it, and I'm going to start changing I know he can bring a change in my life, you know. And uh, one thing that had impact pertaining to work was when I transferred to the Fortune John Mill where I worked because the Taylor Mill was closed down, they said that you have to have your grade 12, otherwise you can't come to the Fortune John Mill. Okay. So I'm far from grade 12. So, so I thought, oh my goodness, I'm starting to read my Bible. And if I have to add this grade 12 thing into it and work, there's no way I can do it. I have to choose one. So okay. I uh, picked the Bible. <laughs> so, so I picked the Bible. And then and then less than a month prior to the shutdown, they sent, mes- uh, sent a message that said, uh, it doesn't matter. You can transfer to the 14 John Mills. You don't have to have your grade 12. Wow. Great. <laughs> yeah, so so we worked it out, but I had that choice to make. I said, I just started. I can't, uh, I can't uh, uh, do schoolwork. Who I said to myself, there's no way I can. So I chose the Bible, and uh, Jesus worked it out. There you go. You put Jesus first, and see what happens. Good things happen. Yep. yep. So, right. John, you made a choice, and do you think that's related to the fact that you had said, "I, I'll try you, Jesus." Yeah, made it to trust him for the reading the Bible first, right? Yep, and you know I did explore other religions. I went to the Mormon temple, talked to Jehovah Witness a bit at work. They didn't seem to have no power to uh, enlighten me to change my life. You know, I, I tried other religions, but it didn't work out. But this uh, Christianity seemed uh, seemed totally different because at the beginning. I valued, when I started, I valued read the comic book more than I read the Bible. I'd rather read a comic book than read the Bible when I started. So, yeah. uh, it was 
it was getting dusty there. I, I moved to three or four places, and somehow that Bible traveled with me. Because when I accepted Jesus, I didn't surrender to Jesus. I accepted Jesus so I continued to party every once in a while. And then I moved from place to place, but somehow that Bible followed me, and I... <laughs> and somehow the Bible followed me because I didn't read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then Gordon came into my life. Yeah. So what's the, what would you say is the difference between accepting Jesus and, and actually following Jesus? Uh, accepting Jesus is making Jesus the steering wheel in your life. I know uh, accepting Jesus is just acknowledging He, there's a Jesus. But okay. with no commitment, with no commitment, and all the important things in life involve commitment. Right. So, yeah, yeah and, th and then when I surrendered to Jesus, what I was doing is making Jesus the steering wheel of my life, not the spare tire. Ah. But now I realize it's very important. Really, it's not the chapter like one chapter a day or two chapters a day, it's 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 going slow and 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 uh, just uh, really uh, really examining what you're reading, you know. Really, exam and, and when I would go to church, I would uh, be like the Bereans. I would check um, it out. You yeah. were really checking out if it was so, if it was really yeah. true. So yeah, and then what do you would say? I'd check in the Bible. I say, my goodness, there it is. <laughs> you know. You know, but that's what I would be. And long, I was on tribal trails years ago, I think 17 years ago. And in that program, I, I, I recently watched it and I chuckled to myself because I don't recall when I said on that program, I want to be a disciple. And that's what I've become because God gave me the desire in my heart to be a disciple. I wanted to be a learner. And, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I just, yeah, I just chuckled when I watched that program. I said, because the disciple needs a learner. It does, yeah. It's been a, just a amazing ride, you know. But but we all have to realize that God did not promise us a, a rose garden in our lives. There's going to be thorns and thickets, and and I've uh, been through uh, thorns and thickets and darkness and you know all kinds of things that's on my way. But like Job, uh, I had a foundation in my life, and and it was Jesus. As long as I had a relationship with Jesus. As long as anybody has a relationship with Jesus, she or he can get through those storms of life. Mm. There's no question. There's no question about it. It's like uh, I like to illustrate it like this, and, and I hope everybody hears this because this this could make a difference. Okay, two people are gonna build a high-rise building. One is an unbeliever; the other is a Christian. The unbeliever builds his foundation on cement. And uh, and a uh, believer builds his foundation on steel and cement, and uh, eventually, as the building goes up, uh, the uh, building with the unbeliever will topple over because the foundation is not solid enough to withstand all the tension of all the all the floors being added. Whereas the one with the steel. Uh, steel has 10 times more tension strength than cement, so it can give you that added strength and, and your building will not topple over. Uh, the point I'm making is uh, if you have a solid foundation in God, your life will never fall apart. You'll, you'll A Bible that has fallen apart 
usually belongs to somebody that isn't. And, and a lot of people like uh, feel like I know some people that go to meetings and they, and they say, oh, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit come down on me. The Holy Spirit, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a repeatable action. You have to pray, read your Bible every day, have fellowship every day, focus on on Jesus every day, uh, you know, and then you're, you'll be fill, filled with the Holy Spirit every day. So it's more of an everyday thing, like moment by moment filling. Yes, yes, uh, moment by moment, repeatable action. Prayer, Bible study, and meeting with friends. It's not a one-time thing, you know. Uh, these days, people seem to want the Holy Spirit to to uh, to work for them, you know. Like, uh, come Holy Spirit, oh Holy Spirit, help me, do, you know. The Holy Spirit is um, is your mediator. He's uh, he's your comforter. He, uh, he he helps you interpret scripture, and a lot of people uh, don't realize that uh, the Holy Spirit is God. He's really mentioned, and uh, hardly any Christians really mention the Holy Spirit when they at all, really. You know, the only time they mention him is when they try to make him uh, into their personal genie. Yeah, when you be yeah. decided to become a, a disciple, like how did you see the Holy Spirit working? Uh, the Holy Spirit was only working in my life when I uh, surrendered to God. Uh -huh. Yeah, you, you work with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enlightens you and, uh, you know, but then guides you. And uh, But yeah, the, the Holy Spirit uh, fills you up when you're obedient to God. So where are you at today, um, uh, John, like in your walk? I, I can tell you that uh, when I started working on the soup kitchens over 20 years ago, I I, I went with the wrong motive. I, I went to uh, go to the soup kitchen one Sunday, work, and then uh, uh, collect my medal later. You know, I uh, I went with the motive that uh, I'm going to tell everybody that I worked at the soup kitchen, pin a medal on me. So I went to the soup kitchen, and, and these people were alcoholics and drug addicts, and I was an alcoholic, and... Uh, when I, I I hated it there. I hated being around those people. I didn't like these people. And then uh, when it was over, I said, "Thank God, I'm never gonna come back here again." And then when I was walking up uh, up the stairs of that basement church, I, uh, a whisper, a thought, I don't know, came to me, and it said, uh, "Congratulations, this is where you're gonna work every Sunday." And I went every Sunday, and I got to really love these these people. Wow. It's, yeah. It's like somebody that's going into a prison ministry and looking at his watch every five minutes, right? Yep. yep. But then you have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you knew me, I, I, like like I was once, the, I would say once the most shyest person in the world. At, really, I was. If you really yep. knew me back then, you'd see. And, and then that speaking thing fell into my lap. Yeah, and he needed somebody to speak. And I said to myself, gee, I'm not, I'm not no, no speaker. But, you know, God said, you know, you've got a mouth. You've got the lips. I'll put it in your mouth. You, I'll put it in your mind and you get up there. And I did. And, and I've been speaking now. Now I'm totally comfortable with it. 
Yeah, and the things Great. I like to yeah, one of the things I like to tell these food fishing people is God didn't take a, a mold of clay and mold it and say, I guess I'll make Wayne, I guess I'll make a hockey player and make Wayne Gretzky. And then he and then he didn't take a piece of mold and say, I guess I'll make a a football player and, and make OJ Simpson. And then and then he didn't take a mold and say, I guess I'll make a drug addict. I guess I'll make an alcoholic next. No. You put yourself in the situation by your choices in life. You know? That uh, that's what I tell and, and I've given them I've given them some real strong messages. The woman too, I tell them, you know, why would you pick um a barfly instead of your child? A barfly is one that spends his weekends you, you know, some of these people, this is the truth. This is what's happening. They will get women with three children. They will go out with them, and they'll use their money to go to bars rather than the children. And I tell them, you're picking a, a bar fly over your own children. I guess that's part of addiction. Yeah, it, it is. It is part of addiction. There was one native guy that was a, a boxer, and he, was, he came and sat with me at the soup kitchen, and he was just crying. He was just crying. and. Uh, and he said, I'm willing to do anything to quit drinking. I used to be in great shape. And then I told him, okay, I, I can arrange you go uh, go to a treatment center. And bang, the tears stopped. I'll do anything but that. So if you're not sincere about quitting, God's not going to help you. God's not going to help. God's not into playing games. I've told those people, because some say, say to me, you've never drank in your life. I don't believe you. Well, I've got, I passed out in front of my brother's grave. I passed mm -hmm. out in a high jump pit. I passed out in a ditch. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 was, I was in two bad car accidents, you know? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I was. I was, uh, I was an alcoholic. And uh, being an alcoholic, they tend to listen to you more. They want to listen to somebody that's been through the experience, not somebody that has not been an alcoholic. But they tend to listen to somebody that's been through the experience. I think that's what God does. They'll take the drug addict, clean him up, clean him up, and say, "Okay, now you speak to other drug addicts." Yes. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what he tends to tends to do. So it's been uh, it's been just an incredible journey. I tell you, I, I I've learned to love these people. Absolutely love these people. I go to their funerals. I go to their wakes. I go see them. I, and I've kept the one promise. I said, any one of you ever. If, if any one of you is ever in hospital, you get a hold of me, I'll come see you. And I've kept that promise for over 20 years. So you're still working? Your, your, your ministry is still at the food bank right now? Uh, Salvation Army now. They closed that Baptist Church uh, soup kitchen about four years ago because... Uh, they were getting tired. Uh, the elders that worked there were getting tired, so they closed that. But I'm going to the Salvation Army now. So your ministry now, is that the Salvation Army? Is it doing the same thing, or what are you doing? I'm I'm doing the same thing at the Salvation Army. I, I go to, uh, my pastor will call me, John Giesbrick, and say, uh, so-and-so is dying in the hospital, or could you go see him, or... Or friends will call and say, so-and-so's got cancer, dying in the hospital, and I go. I always go. Wonderful. And you yeah. have uh, oh. Tim Horton's uh, ministry, too, right? 
yep, I have a Tim Hortons ministry that's kind of uh, 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 slowed down a bit because of this uh, virus. See, uh, God prepares somebody first. Like, you fall in love with the Bible, you fall in love with prayer, you fall in love with fellow believers, and then he gives, and then he prepares you, and then he gives you work. Believe me, he sends people to you. Because I, well, I've talked to, I've had married women call me and tell me their problems, and it's just, it just doesn't seem to be ending, and, and I'm very blessed, you know. So I, I spend lots of time in study. I, I've got a library. I spend lots of time in study because uh, I want to have answers, eh? I want to have soup kitchen people, you know, they, they, I'll give you an example. Uh, there was one, uh, uh, and it teaches you, it gives you patience with the soup kitchen people. It gives you love for the soup kitchen people. There's this elderly man, his name was John, comes into the soup kitchen, first time from Grand Prairie, native. He comes over to me. The first time I met him, too, he said, uh, "Could I borrow a hundred dollars off you until I get my check? Because I really need it." And, and I got up and and I uh, went to the bank and I gave him a hundred dollars. And I've never met this guy before in my life. That was the first time. Wow. So yeah, so so of course he skipped town. He skipped town, eh? And then uh. two years. And then two years later, guess who walks in the door? And, and I, yeah, and I didn't go over there and say, where's my buddy? You know, you cheated me. No, I did not. I sat there. Who cares? It's only money. And, and he mm. came over to me and said, let's go to the bank. I owe, I owe you 100 Wow. <laughs> oh, the point is a Christian should hold money with an open hand rather than a closed hand. You know, it's better to give than receive. Yes. You know, you you can't have two gods. You can't mm -hmm. cling on your money too tight. I remember Charles Stanley told a story. I never forgot it. He said uh, uh, there was uh, there one piece of bread left in their house, him and his mom. And they were set to eat it. And a, and a poor person came knocking on the door and said he was hungry. Charles Stanley's mom gave that fella that last piece of bread. Mm. And later on, uh, somehow food was delivered to them or somebody had paid them back money that they used to owe them. And then later on that day, that's what happened. You see, God will take care of you. He takes care of the birds. I was telling my mom the other day that, you know, God takes care of the birds and you're worth way more than many birds because my mom is losing her sight and I'm spending time with her. Yes, and I'm spending time with her, but she believes in Jesus. Oh, that's uh, great. I, that's yeah. great. I put her through a, 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 cr a crash quiz. I, I told her, I went to her house and said, Mama, I don't want you to ever forget Jesus. And, 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 and you should have seen her reaction. <laughs> you should have seen her reaction. And that told me everything. Wow, I would never do that, she said. Eh? So, it yep. seems like we're pretty much um, at the end of our time right now. Would, is there anything you'd like to say just to people in general? Uh, yes. I'll never give up. Luke 18, 1. Never give up. Pray and never give up. And uh, you can get through the storms of, of, of life if you love Jesus. A lot of people say, I love Jesus. How much time you spend with Jesus? You spend hours with Jesus or you spend minutes with Jesus? 
Love will be ours with Jesus. That's why Jesus equates a Christian relationship like a marriage. Are you loyal to your partner? Are you committed to your partner? So that's the way you have to be with Jesus Christ, and he'll work in your life. But don't, don't ever give up. Pray and never give up. Well, Venus, do you think we should have John uh, on, the, on the podcast again? I think we should. He's got more to tell us. I can tell that he has a lot more to say. But I, we really appreciate you sharing uh, your convictions and your, your journey and your choices and all that you shared with us today. Thank you very much. I was surely blessed. Well, God bless you, uh, Venus. Continue your, your fantastic work. Uh, and, and Mark, I'll, I'll talk to you again. And uh, so God bless you. I, I love the both of you. And, and you please take care. And, uh, and I hope uh, you draw uh, many, many more to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You take care, my friends. Thank you. Thank you, John. God bless This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. Visit our website at arrowheadnbc.com for more information. Look for a new episode next week wherever you find your favorite podcasts.